Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is Kevin Bapti, and as always, I am joined by my brothers, Craig. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And Adam. Hey, what's going on, guys? So round three of the 2020 U.S. Open is in the books. Today we saw Matthew Wolf shoot a spectacular round of 65 to carry a two-shot lead into Sunday. Bryson had a bit of an up-and-down day to shoot an even par 70 and sit two shots back. Patrick Reed shot back nine 43 to fall to plus Oof. three and eight shots back of Wolf. Adam, first question, has Wingfoot yeah. lived up to the expectations? I mean, for the most part, yes. I think it's a little bit... I'm a little bit disappointed that Matt Wolf went out and got a 65 today. I think that's a little bit lower than probably the USGA and... Wingfoot wanted it to be, uh, but he played really well. Um, I mean, the one let's thing I would face say it, is, though, it's not like that was this that was the score that a lot of guys were shooting. I mean, he played spectacular today. Well, I think we saw from the first wave that 67 was out there. Uh, Alex Norton went and, went and got that. The one thing I'm disappointed at is these guys are mashing it off the tee and they're they're fine in the rough. Uh, they're just absolutely powering it through the rough. So that's a little bit disappointing for me. Yeah, I I do think that um, Wolf hit some unreal shots out of the rough, and he said at the end of his round that basically he he got he got pretty lucky when it came to his his lies, and right. I think that's with this long rough, you can get absolutely punished, but you also if it stays you know in in a sitting up a bit, they can they can get wedges onto it and they can get them out of there and they can uh, still land them pretty softly even in the afternoon. I mean, the rough is never going to be perfectly consistent as far as penalizing players goes. But as far as I'm concerned, it it seemed as though if you're in the rough, you're having a hard time holding the green. And that's the key to the rough. Matt Wolf played a lot of beautiful shots where he kind of landed it short and ran it up out of the rough. And that's what you have to do if you find yourself in that situation. So as far as I'm concerned, Wingfoot is is living up to its end of the bargain. Um, and some of these players are rising to the occasion. Yeah, yeah I, I don't agree. know. I like and the, the greens are the greens are just awesome. Um, they, you know, some of these putts you see where people are bending it, uh, coming in the back door, uh, chipping off of greens to play it over humps. All these awkward little angles. I just I I love everything about that. And I I think this is one of those classic U.S. Open courses that we're seeing. Why it is a classic U.S. Open course. Yeah. Do you think they're going to make like the, to see the Yeah, I was just going to say, I'd like to see the scoring average closer to five tomorrow. And if that's the case where they can run it up through the rough, let's get a little bit tighter pin locations and make it a little bit more difficult. I think they still have a little bit of flexibility with the pin locations, I was just going to say. And I think they can make it a little bit tougher if they want to. I, I disagree a bit because I think we saw with a bit of wind in the morning, uh, it I don't think we want it playing much more difficult than that. And so it died down in the afternoon and scoring reacted accordingly. So it's one of these things where they they can do it so much to set up the course, but then if if they go too far setting up the course and then the wind blows as well, then it's it's sloppy and messy and we're not happy because uh, you know it's it's no longer fair. And I think that's what they have to it needs to be fair on Sunday. I think that in a U.S. Open, what you want to see is you want the ability for guys who are playing great shots to move up the leaderboard and guys that are struggling a little bit to fall down. And I think that's exactly what we saw today. Guys who really had control of their golf ball were going out and they were posting red numbers. And guys who didn't were not. 
I don't yeah. think there's I anybody. Dis- I disagree. Matt Wolf hit two out of 14 fairways. But, but what about his approach, his approach shots? Like he missed yeah, fairways. But it, but... it shouldn't be. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That like, let's give Brennan Todd a chance here when he hits the middle of the fairway every time. Yeah, but did you see his approach shots? Brennan Todd hit it. I think it was 17. He hit it into the bunker from the middle of the fairway. <laughs> and Bryson on 17 was in the deep rough and just and hit a fantastic absolutely... shot. Yeah. Well, so then that, that is it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, you. We we talked about before the tournament started that your scrambling at U.S. Opens is a key metric. And scrambling, to me, includes your approach shot. If you're out of position off the tee, you need to be able to scramble to at least get a par. And if you hit a very good shot, maybe give yourself a look at birdie. And uh, again, I think that the cream is rising to the top at this this point of the course. And I think Wingfoot is doing its part in making sure that happens. Yeah, I mean... I agree to disagree, I guess. A certain, a, it's a very certain profile that's ri- like rising to the top. It's guys who can absolutely smack it off the tee, and they can also power it through the rough. And that's, well, what about, that's fine. That's the profile of win. So what about Zach Johnson and Louis Oosthuizen? I wouldn't say either of those guys are bombers. <laughs> they both shot a 68 today. Yeah, and I, I disagree. I think there, I think we had long hitters who went out there. Like, I think there's volatility associated with uh, these guys who are not hitting fairways. But it's not like hitting the fairway means you're necessarily losing out. Uh, but it makes it a lot harder. Uh, and I think it's hard to it's hard to compare everything to Matt Wolf because he he hit unreal shots out of the rough. There's not a lot of convention to Matt Wolf. No, <laughs> or Bryson. <laughs> Exactly. So you can't really fit those guys in a traditional box. Yeah. I think that it's, I really do think that it's, it's rewarding guys who are not necessarily, I guess, having control of their golf ball off the tee, but are, are playing the, the great shots when they need to play great shots and scrambling to make pars when they have to. If you look at Rory's day today, I might, we might, I might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves right now, but uh, Rory today, uh, Everywhere he needed to get up and down and make a par, he did. And that's what put him into the position he's in. Right. Um, well, and just to one last thing on this. So, I mean, Matt Wolf, so he gained eight and a half strokes essentially today. He didn't even gain a stroke off the tee. Uh, he gained over three and a half on his approach shots. He gained over two uh, around the greens and almost two putting. So, yeah, he... he his tee shots were all over the place and that's not where he was playing well. It was, it was all the other aspects of his game. And you certainly saw guys who were not hitting the fairways and were not hitting quality shots from those positions be heavily penalized for doing so. Um, you, you look at some of the big names that fell down the leaderboard. Uh, and I think that's evidence of that. So like JT, yeah. JT had yeah. a rough day. He couldn't exactly couldn't control his drive. So, so before we get into the bad, though, maybe maybe oh, let's look at what was good up there. I was going to say, so what was your guys' favorite moment from Saturday? Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, I, well, mine's not very exciting. I was just excited. I was watching a lot of golf early in the morning, and I, uh, I had Paul Casey as one of my showdown bets uh, for Saturday, and he got off to a very slow start. So I was happy. I, my favorite moment was when he went birdie, birdie, birdie on the back nine, 11, 12, 13, 14. The other thing I like about that is he kind of showed that a low score is out there. So the guys that are watching, the Wolves, the Brysons, I think can be like, oh, 
maybe we aren't all going to get punished today. Maybe there is a chance to kind of take some shots back on the back nine, which has been the harder nine. So that was my favorite part part of the day. He went out and shot 30 on the back nine. I loved it. Craig, how about you? Um, I'd have to say, I think, so I, I was just trying to look up what hole this was on. Um, but Matt Wolf hit a... Uh, he hit a drive almost down into a hazard on the left. It was it's around uh, maybe thirty, sorry fourteen, somewhere around there. He hit his drive down into the left. It was it looked like it was deep stuff, and right. he, he got some kind of of um, wedge or nine iron onto it and knocked it to about eight feet or so. Uh, and it's just I I didn't know once he got up there, I didn't know if it was going to, because the closing of this course is so tough, I didn't know if it was going to be kind of five is the high mark, and then he's going to come back to, you know, maybe four, three, two on his way in, but he just kept stiffing all these shots, and and, and it's hard for me to pick one moment of those, but but that was really what I, I, were my favorite moments of of the day. I also loved his tee shot on 18 where he was going to the rough, hopped in the first cut, hopped in the long stuff, and then hopped yeah. back out to the first yeah. cut. That was incredible. That was Kevin, incredible. what was your favorite part? Well, I mean, I hate to piggyback off Craig here because I thought for sure he was going to talk about Rory. But my, <laughs> I, I loved watching Matt Wolf play himself into contention. Um, he is an exciting young player. I think that I was afraid that this was going to be a Bryson Reed runaway. And, um, you know, obviously one of my favorite moments might have been Patrick Reed's back nine, but, um, (laughs) conversely, somebody going the other way, uh, Matt Wolf's front nine was spectacular. He kept making good shots, kept hitting good putts. Uh, it was great to see himself, him play himself into contention and, you know, it's, it sets up a very exciting Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, And to be honest, that's, so he started the day even, um, and that's exactly the round that I was expecting from Xander, uh, was to go out and, you know, throw daggers and make big putts and all those type of things. But we saw it from Matt Wolf instead. So who was your guys' most surprising fall off today? I know before, before the round started today, we talked about what number might still be in contention. Um, right. And I, th- I think we kind of landed that plus three, if they were to go under par, as Rory did today, um, you know, they, they could potentially be in contention, depending on what the leaders did. Um, but who was your most surprising fall off? Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. I think the one for me is Rom. I, I was hyping him up on our lot, last podcast. I've been picking him on every DFS show, every kind of betting preview and picks and everything. It's been rom, rom, rom for me. Uh, he started plus one, so he's only one back of Wolf, of Xander, of kind of that group. And he went out and shot six over. Completely fell off the broadcast. I mean, they showed little clips of him, but he's out of it. He's tied 31 now. My one and done is in serious jeopardy of getting some points here. Uh, and I've used up my pick on Rom. So he was really disappointing for me today. Yeah, I'm hurting on that that Rom one and done pick too. So <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. Uh, I I think though that uh, Justin Thomas was the one that surprised me the most. He started the day at, at two under. I thought he was going to be one who, you know, held or maybe moved himself forward a bit. 
I, I did not see uh, he he was 76 on the day, and I, I didn't see that one coming. I um, I was more surprised to see Reed fall off today. Um, maybe pleasantly surprised, but surprised <laughs> yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, I, right, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I was as I said, I was a little bit afraid of a Bryson Reed runaway, a little bit like we had in in uh, Mexico at the WGC earlier this year. But yeah. um, it I. I don't know where that back nine came from from Reed because he in these situations has not fallen off very often, especially when he gets himself in that position. So um, to shoot a plus seven today, and I believe he was under par going into the back nine on the day. Um, he just I, he I shot himself so, yeah. he shot himself out of it without a very low number tomorrow. He's he's completely out of the running. So that was a shocker to me, but. Maybe a pleasant yeah, his, surprise. His back nine was a train wreck. Just it was it was shocking, but I think it's also a good example of the type of thing that Adam is hoping to see from this course, where uh, you know he was holding it together through two and a half rounds with you know duct tape and a short game, and he was not hitting fairways. He was finding ways to get through holes, uh, and then it just all kind of caught up with him all at once. There it seemed, and instead of you know, turning, turning uh, uh, bogeys into pars and and whatnot. He was turning pars into double bogeys and and all that kind of thing. I well, completely I don't know what... agree, Craig. Because if '06 uh, taught us anything about this U.S. Open at Wingfoot, is don't turn off the TV if there's a big lead on 18. <laughs> like there is going to be drama till the end, and this course will provide drama till the end. 18 is a fantastic hole. I can't wait till tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to be good. So who do you guys think outside of Wolf and DeChambeau can win? Craig, why don't we start with you? Well, I think we all know who I'm going to talk about because uh, as you see over my left shoulder here, uh, we went from Rory sad face yesterday to Rory happy face. Uh, <laughs> he went out there in, in the morning when, you know, he was maybe – one of the later ones when the conditions were still uh, a little bit more difficult, the wind was blowing. I think at, at the end of his round, maybe he got a little bit of the clean weather, but uh, he went out there and shot a 68 uh, when it was at that point, it was playing about four over. So that, that was, uh, you know, it, it's tough to say it's as impressive as uh, what Wolf did, but relative to the field that was playing at the same time, it, it was, it was pretty comparable. And I think if I was, if I was DeChambeau or or Matthew Wolf, and you you know Rory gets through because these first four holes are so difficult. If Rory gets through those, even one under something like that, and then you come out and you make a bogey, you make a double bogey, like all of a sudden that can tighten yeah. up so quickly tomorrow. And Rory's a major winner. Like he's he's the highest one we've got left on the leaderboard. So. Whoa, um, Louie, man. Oh, Shots sorry. Fired. Yeah, I forgot Louie. <laughs> Louie got in there at one under. True. <laughs> so actually, and maybe we'll talk about Louie, but uh, do you guys know how old he is? Because I was 46. surprised. So that's, I would guess. 42. Like, that's what, about where I, I was thinking 43. He's 37. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> well, and like I, I would have thought for sure he was early to mid forties kind of thing. Uh, I mean, that's only a year older than DJ. 
which it just surprises That's me. Actually, it, it feels yeah. like he's been around for a long time. Well, he won in 2010, I believe. So uh, he was younger at that point than I thought he was. That was the Open Championship, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a, I'm quite a big Louis fan, so I was so, really happy to see him play himself into contention today. So he do you think he, he has is a shot? my yes, I absolutely do. He is my guy. You know, I oh. I really like him, and I well, as far as who do you think can win besides Wolf and Deschambeau, I think that the next three I see on the leaderboard beneath those guys: Louis Ustazen, Hideki Matsuyama, and Xander Shoffley. Are you could make a a nice narrative for each of those guys. Um, and Louie might be the guy. Uh, I like Xander a lot too. The, yeah, both those guys, say, I think can I like do both it. those guys too. <laughs> you guys are sledding people all over the place. What You left out Harris English at even par as well. Leave, like, just because uh, his name. I did leave out <laughs> Harris English. and Well, because I'm looking at guys who rose today and guys who slid today. Harris made a beautiful birdie putt on 18. Uh, to pull himself back to even, but it was a grind today for Harris. He's really going to have to go out and post something, which I think the other three guys I just mentioned are more likely to do than than Harris. Yeah, so I think the winner will be within the plus one. So I think Rory and kind of the better scores are where we're going to see the winner. I don't think anybody from plus two really has a shot unless something catastrophic catastrophic happens. Uh, my pick is Xander, though. I think he's been kind of the steady Eddie throughout the tournament. He didn't go as low as probably as he wanted to today. He's been in bunkers. It seems like he's been in bunkers every time they show him. But he's just steady getting up and Eddie. down. Are you kidding me? Other than an even par score today, he was two over after three. He was even after six. He was two under after nine. <laughs> he was all over the place. There's nothing steady Man. about it. It's Jerry Seinfeld. At the end of the day, it all comes up even. <laughs> um, even <yeah>. Steven. <laughs> so, you, sorry, are you saying you like Xander? If I'm picking somebody outside Wolf or Bryson, my pick is Xander for sure. Yeah, I, I like liked him it. going in. And, I, uh, I think he's the kind of guy that that is going to hit daggers and make putts and. That it's just dangerous. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to do it, but it, you know, if you're one of those people who feels like you have a lead, he's not someone you want to see in the rearview mirror because he'll come on hard. You know, like if, if uh, the other thing about Xander, and I, I think this, uh, you know, we talked about how volatile it was today. It seemed like every time they were cutting to him, he had tried to hit a really aggressive approach shot and had short sided himself like half in, half out of a bunker and was hitting like the craziest shots. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it could be that this was the round that he had to survive, uh, which, you know, over the course of a major that you win, sometimes that that's the thing you need right. to get through. Maybe that was Rory's yesterday. So it sounds like the playing style you're ex- describing there is uh, Phil-esque. How, how did that work out in 2006? Well, <laughs> Go, I'm not saying... Going at everything and short-sighting yourself. No, but I think that when you see that in the rearview mirror, like if you're, if you're leading, then yeah, it's probably no longer the best <laughs> idea. But for the type of people who are going to charge, that's, that's the type of mentality they need to have. Yeah. Uh, and I still like Hideki to me is also a guy, uh, his ball striking can be the best in the field. And so did you see if, him shank it? I did like see him <laughs> shank that. Uh, it'd be, it'd be interesting to know whether that thing just got, cause he has a pretty good short game aside from his putting. Yeah. And so, it just it you have to think that rough caught his club in some way. 
Okay. Well, if you guys are, it sounds like you're both taking Xander, maybe waffling a bit and trying to add Matsuyama to your list there, Craig. I'm going to take. Well, sorry. Louis. I have all I'm of these guys Louis. in my week long pick. So I'm going to be pretty happy if any of those guys. <laughs> I'm taking Rory as my outside. I'm, I'm going to go with Louie. Louie has ice in his veins. He may not strike fear into the hearts of people in front of him, but I'll tell you what, Louis is going to grind and grind and grind, and he will be there at the end of it, I bet. So, I mean, are we talking about like our straight-up win? So that's outside of Bryson and Wolf. Are you sticking with Louis for your straight-up? Well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk, but we're okay. not there yet. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Let's move on. What do, you, what do you guys see from Wingfoot on Sunday? Do you think that it's going to play harder than today? Uh, not as hard. I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen the weather conditions for tomorrow. It looks pretty steady. Um, that wind kind of in the 15, 16, 17, uh, is it miles per hour or kilometers per hour? I forget which side I'm looking at. Anyways, similar to the last couple of days, I think the pin placements will be a little bit tougher. If I had to guess, I'm putting it at a stroke average about five over par, closer to Friday conditions, I think, than what we saw on Saturday. Um, that's what I, that's kind of where I'm thinking. I, I think these guys want to see the leaders move back a little bit and maybe jam up the leaderboard. Yeah, I think if, if we get wind, then somewhere around five. Uh, but if not, I think, you know, maybe a, an average around three. With so you guys are said, talking about 70, 75, 73 when you say five yeah. and three, right? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah over par. Um, okay. But I think that, yeah, unless the wind picks up, I don't think it'll get to uh, Friday uh, kind of numbers in terms of scoring. But it, 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 I think it's going to be exciting because you could do what Rory did today. Like one of these people at two or three say if they go out there and they post and someone gets in at one under, two under, like – you're not. It's, yeah. You can't get home safely. So uh, it's a little bit different than these tournaments where, uh, you know, even though par is, par is irrelevant, everyone's playing the same course. It's the only way we can keep track of where people who are on different holes are relative to each other. So when we have someone out there that has posted a minus one or a minus two, and these people need to come in and play those bogey holes over the last little bit, I just love yeah. that uh that shaky drama that it causes for sure yeah it's definitely the opposite of a lot of tour events where you see the last few holes if somebody posts you know that the last few holes are birdie holes these ones are not you can make birdies if you look at bryson today you know he birdied 16 17 but then you know miss a miss a par putt on 18 to give one back so um anything's in the cards which is is fun to watch as you come down the stretch on Sunday, for sure. Yeah. Um, I am a little bit surprised to hear you guys talking about two and three guys at two and three right now posting though, because you just said they don't have a chance. So well, Adam said that I, I do think one no, guy no, no. Two, who I would be afraid of if he does go out and get hot is Victor Hovland. Cause oh, he, and he's oh, with their boy, Rafa. Oh no. So, I knew, oh, he Victor, is going Hovland, with Victor all the way. Come on. I know. I don't know I if know. you guys they've shown a r- couple of random clips, but he has been hitting the ball well. He's the only one probably this high who's actually lost putt or except maybe Hideki, but lost strokes putting on the week. Um he's he <laughs> he has been playing better than his score reflects and he's been leaving them in the jaws and he's uh he he's he should be, I think, a little bit better than plus two. And so if that comes together and he 
he shoots a 66, you never know. You never know. Adam, what about your boy, Thomas Peters? Yeah, so if you want to talk about losing strokes putting, let's look at Thomas Peters. <laughs> oh, oh I saw his from today. That was that's an ugly He made the broadcast late when, yeah, it was four and a half. He made the broadcast late because he kept firing at pins, having four feet for birdie, and then just settling for par over and over and over again. Uh, I mean, he can go low. I, I don't think there's a realistic shot for him to get. I think we have to be, I think you have to be around at least two under. So what do you think the winning score is going to be tomorrow then? So I think those guys need to get to two under. The winning score is going to be three under. So you just right? think that Bryson needs to go in and shoot a 70 tomorrow is what you're saying. I mean, yeah, if we're, if we're going into who our pick to win is, uh, I we think can do that. two under. I think it's going to be two under. Yes, let's I go think, into our I pick to win. I going to move back. Okay, Craig, we're starting with you. Who's your pick to win? Um, his heart's telling him Rory, but his brain is struggling. <laughs> There's an internal battle happening right here. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off the chalk, and I'm gonna say Hideki. Ooh, I think Hideki goes out there, and I think he hits the ball well, and I think a few of them drop. I mean, he could go out there and three putt the first three holes and be out of the tournament, but. He also could be the guy that charges, so I'll say Hideki. Adam, who do you got? Yeah, it's going to be Bryson at three under. He's going to he's going to go in there with 70. It's not going to be the steady Eddie. It's going to be more like Xander's steady Eddie. It's going to be up. It's going to be down. He's going to get some birdies. He's going to probably get some bogeys. But Wolf, uh, I think, will fall back a little bit. If Bryson posts a 70, I think that's good enough to win, and he's my pick at three under. Who do you got, Kev? <laughs> well, I'm just going to go with... The man, Matthew Wolf, then he shot a 65 today under tough conditions. And he saw his uh, classmate, if you will, Colin Morikawa, win a PGA Championship, his first major and the last major there at Harding Park. And I think Matthew Wolf is eager to keep pace with him. And I think he's going to I think he's going to take it down tomorrow. I mean, it's kind of building a narrative there of like no fans. These guys that are in the early 20s can come out with less pressure and win majors. Maybe that's the narrative that we have for 2020. You know, you know what? There's no doubt that that is a benefit to these guys. And um, they've played in a lot of big tournaments where they felt pressure. This is just another big tournament where they're feeling pressure without the fans there. It's not on the scale that it would be if there was fans just crowding around going ballistic like you could normally expect from a New York crowd. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a, a very unique opportunity for these guys to get a notch in their belt um, early on in their careers. And I think Matthew is going to do it tomorrow. I think the fans is a big deal, but it's still Saturday night of a major. I don't think Matthew Wolf is going to sleep that that easy tonight. I think no, that's probably I, true. I also think... I also think Bryson won't either. Like, I, but neither of those guys. I mean, we think about Bryson as a more established guy, and he did. Uh, I forget what he was in the PGA, but he was maybe a top five. But he historically, like, for how good he is, his major record is not that great. And so, but you know what? Bryson is a USGA champion with I, a US I was amateur. just about to say that. I was just about to say that. That's and, right. And that that carries weight. That is a, a huge tournament to win. Um, and he's shown that he can do that and he can withstand the pressure to do that. And I think that will give him some confidence tomorrow. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree. 
um, that he does have more chops on, you know, and, and more, you know, more on his resume than, than Matthew Wolf. But I still think there's, the majors are different. And so knowing you have that major as you come in those last few holes and you need to make, you need to make things happen. Um, neither of those guys have done it. And so, so then why did you pick, so then why did you pick Louie? Well, that's no. I I think Louie and and Rory are dangerous for that reason. But uh, I don't think oh, like man. it's not it's not one of these ones where you know we've got Rory at six back, but he's only six back of one guy, and like there's only aside from Wolf and DeChambeau, minus one is where the pack is. You know, so a, a single hole could bring Bryson back into the pack, and you know a string of three bad holes could bring Wolf back. So like it's it's. If you saw how much the leaderboard moved today, I don't think it, there's any reason to think any of these things are safe. And that yeah. whole that whole group, I think, you know, maybe from Rory up will be will be where we want to where we want to be focusing. But I, I honestly, I give that whole crowd a pretty good shot at it. I I can't believe we've almost got through this whole podcast and neither of you guys have mentioned your boy Zach Johnson. But I guess we'll just let that lie. <laughs> Well, it actually is nice to see Zach Johnson up there. I think we should say. I mean, he was he was like down to barely having a tour card. I were barely into the FedEx Cup playoffs a month ago, and uh, yeah, it warms your heart. That's it warms my heart to see. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think that just about does it. Then I'm excited for tomorrow. I know you guys are too. Um, Thank you for listening. We will have a, a big U.S. Open wrap tomorrow night. Um, please check out our content at grandstandgolf.com, and we look forward to talking some more golf with you in the future. Take care. See you guys. Enjoy Sunday, everyone. <laughs>